I'm Dr. Terry Fisher, a physician and voice technology futurist. Voice First Technology is rapidly becoming the operating system of our lives, and it will completely revolutionize the way we experience healthcare. Let's talk voice. Hey there, and welcome to the podcast, episode number 54. I have a special treat for you today. Today, we are speaking with Rabbi Eli Dordek, and he is a real pioneer when it comes to voice technology and using the voice applications to help a person to learn something. In other words, he has created technology that allows you to listen to something that you're trying to learn, and then you can repeat it back, and the technology allows for you to know how you are doing and how accurate you're being. And one of the things that we spoke about actually after we ended recording, unfortunately, was the idea of using this in medical education, using this for trainees, using this for uh, medical students that need to learn or memorize tons of information, and also perhaps even using it as a tool to help determine and to become proficient in ways that you can communicate with patients. For example, if you have to share bad news and that sort of thing. So in this episode, uh, Rabbi Dordek talks about how he used this technology and how he's using this technology currently to help people learn some religious texts. However, uh, I think that the applications of this are far beyond what we talk about here. And I encourage you as you listen to the technology and the way it's described in this podcast to think about the various applications that it can be used for in healthcare, where obviously there is so much information that needs to be learned by any healthcare provider, regardless of you know, specifically what job that person is doing. So uh, without any further ado, I want to welcome uh, Rabbi Dordek onto the podcast. I think you're going to enjoy this discussion. And uh, he has some really interesting perspectives as well on the man and machine connection. Hi there, Rabbi Ellie Dordek. It is an absolute pleasure to have you on the podcast. Thanks so much for joining me. Yeah, wonderful. I'm here in uh, Jerusalem, Israel, outside the old city walls, and uh, connected to you on the other side of the world. And we're close in our uh, ideas and desire to help people connect with the machines of the world better. Absolutely. Well said. That's a great opening to this. And we're going to get into all of that. I would love for you to take a moment or two and introduce yourself to the audience. Who are you and uh, what's your background? Oh, well, I grew up in Chicago and um, to Israel to study um, Judaism at a, a deeper level. And I got really into it. And I decided to uh, abandon my plans to go to MIT. And uh, I stayed to be a teacher and educator. I have um, started schools, administrated, uh, published a series of textbooks that's used by thousands of uh, people every day in my field of Mishnah. It's one of the books of the oral law of the Torah, of the Jewish uh, holy text. It's a code of law. And uh, one thing about it, it's very, it's relatively short, and it is made and designed for memorization. So I spent a, a lot of time uh, with of my studies learning this um, corpus by heart and developed systems for teaching others. And this is what I included in my books. And uh, this brought me to try to use technology to have a interactive way of learning 
by heart and mastering large bodies of text, large or small bodies of text. Very, very interesting. And in addition to that background, you also, I believe you are a psychotherapist. So where does that play in? When did you, when did you have time to go and get training in that area? Well, I'm 57. I think many men, probably women, have a midlife decision to either go deeper or go different. And I decided to go deeper and to find out about myself a little bit more. And with a couple of friends, um, we worked on um, men's groups. I got into that and then formally learned things like CBT, um, biofeedback, which is another connection with man and machine, where uh, it's called Kinor Lave, the harp of the heart, where we connect, uh, developed by Dr. Mordechai Lipo of Jerusalem, and he connects the HRV, the change in the heartbeat, with the beat of the music. So patients can very easily be entrained, have entrancement, and get to a meditative state, and thereby calm themselves down, and uh, thereby uh, approach difficult situations easier, can train himself to get into a calm state much easier, even when he's not connected with the biofeedback. That's very interesting. That's got a lot of uh, um, connections to some of the ideas behind music therapy. And I've spoken with other people that uh, see not only voice, but actually sound uh, impacting the way that we interact with machines as well. So that's, that's a very interesting perspective as well, as well that you can, they can bring to this. Now, let's, let's go back and, and talk a little bit about voice technology. So how did you, you know, get, get your own introduction into that? And what did you start to work on and develop within the voice technology field? Well, as I said, um, being involved in the oral law of the Torah, something which is meant to be known by heart, is um, it's really a, a different state of mind. It is taking bits and pieces of information that we, uh, we know we recite, and by reciting them many times, it becomes sort of a very long uh, mantra. And, uh, and when, it, when, when I'm in a state of, of, of knowing things that I, memor- that I memorize, I can be um, at a different level of consciousness where the words just flow out of me. And this is something that many, many people that I know are able to get to, uh, not, maybe not such large bodies of text, but uh, this concentration, this ability to be connected with the knowledge is a very, a very wonderful experience. And um, I, I wanted to find ways to help others that were struggling, that were desired to get to, to these level of knowledge, um, to help them with it. So as I said, I printed books that what uh, is called the Mishnah's Dura, the ordered Mishnah. And uh, visually, it puts the text as, as a, looking like a song, like a poem where it breaks according to the breath that you inhale and exhale in each line. So it, it brings you into the rhythm of the text itself. And then I search further for what could technology, as I, I mentioned, I had an inkling for technology as a, as a youth and I, I never, never left me. How could I use technology to, to bring it to bear on this desire of ours to gain knowledge 
even in this very, very busy world. And um, I came with the idea of, you know, obviously with the other inventions that they have come now with using voice to have a conversation between man and machine where the machine would, uh, the computer with its, obviously the programming would be able to present the text and line by line in order that I can, the user can hear it, repeat it, hear it and repeat it and gain proficiency and then be tested, be listened to by the automatic speech recognition, which would then compare with our program, compare the chosen text with the uttered, with the repeated text to see whether I'm doing okay and give me feedback so that I can perfect my, um, my knowledge and hone it without having to go from all from the beginning, stay off from the beginning. I can know I have this mistake and I can then perfect it. Wow. And so I'm curious a little bit of, uh, about the, the technology at the root of this. Is this based on a particular platform? Like, for example, have you built this on the Amazon platform, on Google, or what, what's the underlying technology for this? Um, well, that's a good question. And right now, as I'm starting up, we have an app that works it's on the Play Store called Shanane Lee. It's in Hebrew right now, but we plan to grow out. And um, right now, the back end is Google speech recognition, the API. And then we get back the um, feedback and through our software, compare it in a certain way with what was said and give um, feedback with color, with sound, and with percentages in order to track progression. So the back end right now is off the shelf API with Google. Although if I go to different languages and add technology uh, proceed, uh, there's other efforts by, like for Mycroft and other things that we might develop our own speech engine, then we can go in different directions. Wonderful. As I, yeah, as I, as I was asking you that question, if you're in, if it's in Hebrew right now, then you're limited to the, uh, the platforms that will support that language. But I imagine as you, as you said, as you develop out into other languages, it opens up the doors a little bit more for other options there. Yeah, yeah I'll give you a great, a great you know, user case. You know, you're pitching uh, to investors or maybe, uh, Terry, your, your next TED Talk, you mm-hmm. want to know it by heart. Mm-hmm. So it might not be the easiest thing to do. Even someone... Uh, smart or experienced, you want to know every word by heart. So how do you do that? Do you have a system? Do you sit your wife down and say, listen to me and listen to me again and again? So here we have the ability for technology to accompany you on this journey through the text and break it down and give you a system and help you review and uh, achieve it in quicker, more exact and more pleasurable way. Very interesting. Those are great use. I was going to ask you about that. Some use cases um, where, uh, you know, where people might find this uh, essential to their training. Um, so those are, those are two right. great examples. But I, but I imagine there's, there's, there's so much here because people are constantly learning and people are constantly wanting to get better at whatever it is that they're, they're absorbing. And so this could, this could really have a lot of different uh, use cases beyond even what you just mentioned. Yeah. Yeah. Good point. You know, and this, I might have, I, it seems so clear to me that we, you know, we can turn on the lights with, um, 
with the Google Home or whatever. And I, you know, our generation, we still say, hey, wow, that worked. Oh, hey, I'm a magician. I did that. And we get used to it. But the younger generation is going to expect it. They're going to want to be, they're going to need, they're going to expect to talk with the machine all around. It's a natural way. And just as uh, I see my friend, he walks up to me and I recognize him and we start talking. So then speech uh, is, is that more natural medium, much more natural than click, right click, scroll down, or even touch the screen. It's much more natural. And um, I even have, you know, a, a spiritual understanding of this, of, of how really man is really meant to mesh with the world and, hmm. and not be separate. And this ability for the inanimate parts of the world, I mean, a computer is just a piece of sand, silicon and plastic, whatever it is, that ability for it to sort of listen to mankind and respond is it a growing together of creation that we are we are coming together and and there's only going to be blessing and more um, amazing things coming out of that. And that and that brings me to uh, another part of our conversation and that that is getting into this a little bit more about uh, how you see the future evolving with regards to um, you know our generation and what is our level of comfort now with talking to machines versus um you know going forward and our children growing up expecting to talk to these machines um what is your take on that now in terms of you know maybe you can expand a little bit more on your thoughts of voice as a natural uh way to connect with machines and what our kids are expecting yeah well it, we've come a long way i remember an early memory of mine must be around 19 19- 78, sitting at a computer, and I didn't really know computers, and I was just, I typed on the screen, computer, computer, please let me in. Can you do something? I, and I, just, and I, I don't know, it was dose then. I, I didn't know what, what it was. And eventually I learned more about programming and things like that, but we've come a long way of getting machines to do what, 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 they, what, what, they, what we want. But it's not there, not there yet. The conversations aren't flowing. So Shanane Lee is uh, a step where I'm, I'm sort of g- uh, going a little lower in the human scale to pre-determined uh, text that I upload or I decide that I, from a library that I pick out that I want to I become expert at. It could be even sayings that are inspiring to me that I want to become, I want them to be part of my vocabulary. So I pick out these sayings. But it's not original content that the computer has to figure out what I mean or what I'm thinking about. It's not a real AI at the highest level. Mm-hmm. So, okay. So we humans will step down a bit and let the machines come up a bit. And we can meet on that level. And it's going to progress. But that's where it is right now. So let's, let's connect where we can make it. I want to bring an interesting point, And this is something with Shanane. Shanane is from the Weaver word of to repeat. It means to be sharp in your mouth and, and to repeat. And I recently gave a speech to a, a delegation of uh, Chinese business people that came to Jerusalem to meet us. Mm-hmm. And um, I found out with a Chinese uh, friend of mine that Sean and those Chinese among us that speak Chinese, will excuse me for my pre- pronunciation, mm-hmm. means a mountain. And Li means one thousand. 
Hmm. And it means go up the mountain one thousandth of the steps at a time, but you have to take the steps. So when we repeat and we review, I'm saying the, the road to mastery starts with the first review. Review again, review mm-hmm. again. And building up this habit, just like health, you know, exercise needs practice. And the, the, the group really liked it. I think it's a very uh, common, it's a very good and sensible idea in Chinese culture of that you have to work hard in order to succeed. And I think that this is something that we can, we can all learn from. Mm-hmm. And that if we have the right way to practice, we can then, with the aid of machines, the machines are very good at that, of keeping us, keeping us on track, giving us the schedule, we can reach great heights. Shanay wow. Lee, 1,000 wow. steps to perfection. That's great. That's great. And, and finally, maybe I'll finish with one more question. And that's, how do you see this technology uh, impacting healthcare? Uh, and, and I mean, that, that's healthcare, I mean that in a very broad sense, however you want to take that. But I, I'm sure there are many applications for this. How, how, have you given that some thought? Well, actually, I have an a acquaintance of mine, um, something that I've heard of uh, that really excited me, Daniel Aronovich, and he has a company, Healthy Mind, which um, has now just done a merger and raised a good number of money, and I'm giving him a shout out here, that um, it analyzes the voice for health issues and can help a doctor listen to the, the, the and, and find if there's any issue in the, in the medical condition just by his voice, just like any good mother says, what's wrong with you? You don't sound yourself. So computers maybe might not be the level of a, of a mother, but they can be taught to listen for certain signs. And, um, you know, as more, as more people do talk to computers, we'll have more data and be able to differentiate. And it's all about data in the end. Uh, differentiate between healthy states and uh, other states. So I, I'm really excited about that and, and emotion, emotion detection, um, which will help guide us, again, man and machine together get further than either one of them uh, by themselves. And it will, they will hold the data for us, analyze it for us, and then we can then go the next step further. That's interesting. And the last thing you said just, just you know, sparked a little uh, piece of imagination in my mind. And that is with your technology where somebody can listen and then repeat and try to learn something and what you described as emotion detection. I wonder, and maybe, maybe you have some thoughts on this. I wonder if it might be able to detect in the tone of your voice, how confident one is in whether or not they have mastered the material based on the way that they are saying it. Because if somebody is less confident, you know, they may hesitate a little bit. They may, the voice inflection may change a bit. Um, but if they're very confident, typically that statement would be, you know, would be stated with some, uh, uh, you know, assertion and, and, and the tone. So I, I wonder if that could be something that could be built into it, if you've given that any thought. Uh, well, yeah, in terms of the emotion, yes. I mean, anything that we can humanly define, we can then somehow ask the computer to search for that. It's much harder in a, in a spoken word because of all the different variables than it would be in a written, written, but it can be done. We're not there yet, as I said, 
um, it's amazing what even a small child can do that a computer can't do, even in a conversation. But I, I have high hopes for it. And I, I'm very excited to be in, in, this, uh, in this area. I have great partners. Um, uh, Kyle Shapiro is um, my CTO, and he's very um, seasoned veteran in Google and, uh, and, uh, and um, Facebook, Instagram. And uh, we, we're building a team of some other professionals that we seek to take advantage of this really fast-changing landscape of, of voice and apply it to human learning, whether it's language, whether it's helping uh, people with special ed problems, or even the most successful people to be more successful. That's wonderful. It's a it's a really great mission that you have, and it's a it's a it's wonderful to to be able to chat with you and to hear uh, how you're contributing to to this community as well. So, fantastic, and congratulations to you. Um, where can people go if they want to learn more about what you're working on, or otherwise connect with you? Okay, I'm on LinkedIn, Ellie uh, Dordick, Elijah Dordick, Elijah Dordick, E L I J A H Dordick. Shanaili, I'm taking part in the Biz Labs program in Jerusalem, Biz Max or Biz Labs program. Um, I have Twitter, uh, A Shanaili, like an app, application Shanaili on Facebook. And um, my email is 360 at Shanaili, S H A N E N dot L I. Perfect. Okay. Well, wonderful. And I'll make sure to put those, uh, those links on the show notes page as well. So um, Rabbi Dordick, thank you so much for spending uh, a few minutes of your busy day uh, chatting with me and with the listeners here on the podcast. I really, really appreciate it. And uh, it's been an absolute pleasure learning a little bit more about what you're doing and your technology. Thank you. And I'm uh, pleased and honored to have spoken with you. And I wish you well, success in all of your work. Thank you very much. Well, there you are. Pretty cool technology, huh? I'm sort of imagining the future of this where you need to learn something and you just simply speak to your voice assistant and you have that dialogue and your voice assistant corrects you or tells you what you need to practice more or what you need or what you have a good grasp of. And again, the applications for healthcare when there's just so much information and I know as a medical student, I had so much to learn. It would have been pretty interesting to be able to just speak to a voice assistant, and that voice assistant gives me the direct feedback, almost like a, almost like a tutor, uh, but in real time. So this is really interesting. Uh, again, thank you to Rabbi Dordick for coming on the podcast and sharing some of his technology and his mission with us. As usual, I will put the links that he mentioned on the show notes page, which you can access at voicefirsthealth.com slash 54. And uh, thank you for tuning in this week. I appreciate uh, your ear and uh, make sure you have subscribed because we've got some great interviews coming up in the near future as well. Thank you very much. Take care. Talk to you again soon.